Welcome back to the Fools on Stools podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for hour two. Um, I am with my co-star, Colin Brown. Um, it's it's going to be a short one today um, because we provided y'all with such a long, long hour one. Um, so we're just we're just kind of kind of run through this, and uh, I definitely think we've hit our quota for this episode. Oh, for sure. If we did have a quota, we definitely did hit it. Um, We're just trying to prove to all the all the people that are listening that we can and will make it to radio and we can do a four hour show if we need to. Um, Y'all will never know this as listeners, but that two hour segment, we cut things out. We could have lasted longer, but um, nevertheless, we have to respect people's time and people's sleep, uh, which we did not do a great job of, um, but we yeah. will run through this hour two uh, real quick. Um, I'm shooting for 45 minutes, so that probably means we're going to do about an hour and 25 um, based off of our ratio of um, what we want to end and where we actually end. Uh, but Cullen, we may not have Anthony with us today. Uh, we'll have him back for the big episode 30, but um we do have a cullen's corner i mean we do not ever have a show where we do not have a cullen's corner um god forbid when we have a show that you won't have a cullen's corner we might just have you just i don't know call in from a beach on in in malibu or something and just provide it to us and we'll just clip it in i mean we have to have it it's there is no fools on souls without cullen's corner so i think I think all the listeners know that by now, but I mean, come on. Let's get it. Yeah. Um, thank it. you. Kevin. I will gladly do a Cullen's corner from Malibu or wherever I need to go. Um, fully funded by fools on schools. Oh, that, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's fully funded. Clearly. Um, so be sure to tune in to episode 30 for this huge new addition to Cullen's corner. I don't want to give too much away. I'm very excited. The guys know I've been talking about it for however long now. Um, it's definitely going to be something that I think is needed, and I can't wait to share it. But before we get into that, let's get into episode 29, hour two, Cullen's Corner. And you know if we're in a corner, we got a list. And this list is one that's long overdue because when we took our little hiatus there, um, I was still thinking of the show. I was still thinking of, you know, potential lists and stuff that I could talk about. And, you know, as we talked about in the first hour late in the Twitter cesspool, if you will, uh, there was a Bleach Report article um, that talked about the top five young quarterbacks from the last five draft classes. Um, That's meaning 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and then obviously 2022 that just happened. Um, And they had a list on it, or, or I guess like the five guys. And I was like, I might need to uh, do a list for Cullen's Corner. And credit to your dad, Kevin. Um, he actually liked the tweet. Um, and I was just like, you know what? He's a loyal listener to the show. So this one goes out to Kevin's dad uh, in terms of this list. And yeah, without any further ado, let's get into it. At number five, I've got Kyler Murray, uh, quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler is a guy from the University of Oklahoma last year, uh, completed 69% of his passes, 3,700 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He also did his damage on the ground as well. The thing with Kyler is I don't, he's very talented and there are some Sundays where he looks like he's going to be the future face of the NFL completely unstoppable, just lightning in a bottle amazement. But he just never can quite seem to put it all together for a complete season. Um, And I just really think that Kyler, again, there's a lot of stuff that he needs to do. He needs to bulk on weight. He needs to make sure he takes care of himself um, and, you know, just continue to develop as a quarterback. Uh, And this past uh, postseason, he had his first playoff game where he did not look like himself. He was looked like he was very tentative to run, which is obviously a very important part of his game. And 
I just think that Kyler, to me, I understand the talent's there. And we're going to be talking about these other four guys ahead of him. Um, talent is just not quite enough. I need to make sure that I can rely on you, especially the last through a whole season, because now it's now been three straight years that he's kind of fallen apart towards the end of the year. And I'd like to see him being able to really just develop a full, complete season, not have to worry about his health. And maybe, you know, again, take the Cardinals further than a wild card uh, playoff berth. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, Kyler, I, I agree with you when you say like some days he looks like he is a top three quarterback in the NFL, eh, regardless of draft class or anything, just overall. And mm-hmm. some days it looks like he's just trying to survive out there on the field. Um, Kyler Murray was somebody that was highly judged for, for, for his height um, and, and, and just, and just different aspects of his game and is running and basically saying, Hey, he can't make it in the NFL. And he is, I think he's proven those, those haters wrong. Um, he, he, uh, he, he has done a lot for the Arizona Cardinals, who I think it's very safe to say was a struggling franchise uh, beforehand, but Kyler, Kyler and the Arizona Cardinals, and, and we'll get to see this a lot um, in the, in the new hard knocks uh, mid season. Um, but Kyler and the Cardinals have, 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 have had a trouble starting off hot and ending cold, um, whether that be due to Kyler having some injury, which he did have last year. But Colt McCoy was able to step in and, and do a decent job um, as far as, as backup quarterback goes. But I think, I think Kyler has a long way to go. Uh, I think it's interesting that he's waiting out for a contract. I think they will get it done, but I just think that it's a, uh, it's a little premature um, on his, on his side, but I get it. Every player wants to get paid, go get your money. But um, I definitely would like to see a little bit more out of Kyler Murray. I just, I don't even know if it's quite, I think he's just, he realizes his own immortality a little bit. Like he realizes, yeah. Hey, these last few years, I've been kind of banged up. Like I need to get this financial security as soon as possible. And I don't blame him at all for it. Um, now the yeah. way he's told it, you could argue it's been a little immature, but um, I think he's doing whatever he can to financially secure, not only for himself, but his family and future family. Yeah. And all yeah. Well, so a little, a little fun fact, just before we jump to, to uh, your fourth, your fourth guy here. Um, back when young Kevin Walker was an aspiring journalist, uh, back when I decided, Hey, you know, I can't play sports. So let me write about him. Um, I had a little blog and, um, I wrote this blog on my school laptop at the time, um, a little Dell laptop that was um, carrying around, not a great computer whatsoever. Um, but I wrote this blog on it and I decided that I wanted to write, this was when Kyler was in the draft. Um, I decided that I wanted to write a, an article on Kyler Murray. Um, of course, I had no journalism experience at the time, so it was so it wasn't very objective, but I think it was a decent article for 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 young Kevin Walker. Um, but it basically uh, the headline, which I'm still proud of to this day, um, was which laces to choose. Um, it was when he was deciding on if he wanted to play football or baseball. Um, and you know, I, in that article, I I did a lot of um, price comparison or, you know, money comparisons, you know, where he's going to make the most money, where he's going to make the most guaranteed money, where he's going to last the longest. Um, and, and baseball was the sport ever, you know, a baseball, you can make more money and not kill your body as much. Um, I, I think that argument can be made, but uh, he's trying to get his money early. And um, I think, uh I think it's pretty obvious why I think you're right. I think he's really realizing that, Hey, you know, I'm going to run around a lot. I'm going to be running maybe thousand something yards every year. I'm, I need some guaranteed money. I'm going to need some money up front because there's an, there's a possibility I'm going to be getting injured every now and then. And I'm going to be missing a few games uh, a year. So just want to give a quick shout out to young Kevin for, uh, for uh, picking up on a pretty good article. There we go. Yeah. Young Kevin Walker. I have absolutely uh, no idea where that blog even exists, though. It could be it, – it's somewhere <laughs> out there. I don't know. Yeah. No, well, listen, I'm sure if someone – an NFT. 
<laughs> there we go. Yeah, so shout out to all the crypto guys, speaking of which, after that uh, little little downer for them. But um, getting back on track here. So number four, I've got Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, as we know, is a former league MVP. Last year, he was 64%, 2,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. We obviously know we talked about Kyler's effect on the ground. Lamar Jackson, uh, his rushing ability, I think, is something – not that we've really ever seen. I mean, Mike Vick is the the comparable comp, but even then, the way Mike, I think, ran is different than the way Lamar kind of ran, yeah. just with the pure elusivity of Lamar and stuff like that. But <clears throat> to me, Lamar, so he's shown that he's able to get to the playoffs uh, on more than one occasion. Uh, he has notched his first playoff win, so he's gotten that, like, under his belt and everything. And again, these guys – some of them have been drafted later. They haven't had as much time, but this is just based on what I've seen so far. This is how I rank them. Lamar, to me, there's still some questions in his game in terms of can he still throw consistently outside the numbers? Can he consistently – his style, like is it conducive to winning, playing with behind? I know he's he's gotten better at it um, playing from behind and everything, but it just comes down against that late postseason time. And he's better, I think, at not taking hits than Kyler is. But again, even just at the rate at Lamar, the way he runs, is it a sustainable thing to invest in and build your offense around? Because Lamar is a talent, no one questions. And he's definitely like the hardest quarterback to rank because he's so unique. But I think for me, um, I just need to see a little bit more before I can have him higher on this list. Talent's there, don't get me wrong, but there's still, I think, some question marks that he needs to answer in order to move higher on this list. Yeah, I, I agree. And not only that, but you're, we're talking about Lamar Jackson. I mean, we're talking about a Baltimore Ravens team that had a numerous amount of injuries preseason and during season on the running back position and on the defensive position, just injuries all over, just completely filled with, uh, with an injury-prone uh, roster last year. Um, and Lamar Jackson, I would like to say, did better than than um, the people thought he was going to do. Um, and I think that tells to Lamar's no um, never quit mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Lamar is a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl um, in, in, in the future. Um, I believe I, I'll have to double check, but I believe. It was uh, Dan Graziano that had a list. It was top five quarterbacks that win you a championship. Or no, it was top five quarterbacks that you win a championship with. And then the top five quarterbacks you win a championship because of. Um, and I think Lamar Jackson falls in the, in the list, in my opinion, of top five quarterbacks that you could win a championship because of. Because he is just... He is he, you change your defense because Lamar Jackson's on the field. You change your you you change the way you stand. You change the way you 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 bet your cover. You change everything you do when Lamar Jackson's on the field, no matter what play it is. Um, he's just a game changer um, and a talent that is it's hard to uh, hard to stop to be honest. Right, and I think I mean, does he have the potential? Sure, it's just I. I haven't yet seen it put all together, I guess, because Lamar, again, like quarterbacks in this league that are generally run first are not guys that make long Super Bowl runs and everything. They usually have some passing aspect to their game. Um, for all of the stuff Mike Vick was great at, he never really made a long postseason run as the guy. Uh, Lamar, I mean, he's won a playoff game. Um, but, I mean, you generally – I still believe you win – games in the NFL winning throwing from the pocket and Lamar is great at all the other stuff and you shouldn't take that away from him but I still think he has to develop some as a passer before he can really take that next step um that some of these other guys have so yeah yeah and the last thing here is I I would also say the Ravens just need more weapons you know they lose they lose Hollywood Brown I mean it wouldn't hurt for them to get more weapons and that's just gonna happen over time yeah well I mean look it's yeah, I think anybody you can answer that, but they have invested in the offensive line. Hopefully their running backs get healthier this year. So we'll see um, where they stand. Going into number three, though, um, we've got L.A. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. Herbert, to me, 
full disclosure is one of my favorite quarterbacks just to watch. I think he's a phenomenal uh, quarterback at the position. Last year he threw for just under 66%, 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He's young. He has yet to make the playoffs. Um, so that's the reason he's not higher on this list. I think he has all the intangibles of being a great leader. He doesn't seem to get too high or too low. Uh, he's willing to – to go toe-to-toe with some of the game's best. Obviously, we remember that game, the last game of the season, the regular season, against the Raiders, where it came down to literally a field goal to determine which one of them is going to the playoffs. Uh, we've seen him go against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs on multiple occasions, and Justin Herbert rises to the occasion. Uh, well, obviously, now with Russell Wilson going to Denver, we're going to see how he fares with that. Um, I, I do – I will say I believe in Justin Herbert, but at the same time, I have to be realistic and be like, okay, I haven't seen him in a pressurized spot in terms of the postseason yet. So could he move up on this list? Sure. He could also maybe move down if he, you know, reacts negatively. Um, but I think his rookie year, he came out, you know, guns blazing and, you know, he followed it up with even more impressive sophomore season. He just, he needs to get into the postseason. I know that's not entirely on him. Um, the coaching staff loves to go for it and be aggressive and everything. But to me, Justin Herbert's going to be one of those guys that we're sitting there talking about for a very long time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you kind of covered everything. I don't even really have much to say. I mean, you want to talk about weapons, Justin Herbert's got a weapon in Mike Williams and, um, and, uh, Kenyon Allen. Yeah. Kenyon Allen. Um, and, and veteran even in Keenan Allen. So, you know, and, and that team, uh, I know we're talking about Justin Herbert, but we're talking the Chargers in general went out and did a lot this offseason, getting J.C. Jackson, uh, getting Khalil Mack on that team. Somehow, I mean, that salary cap just doesn't even really exist on there. So, um, but, you know, just that team has a real shot to do something that one of the – one. Of, you know, I think I think we look at the Cincinnati Bengals and we we look at the model that they've set, which is being a really bad franchise and then just completely what seems like turning it around overnight. Even though that is not the truth, it's taken a lot of it's taken a lot of decision making and it's taken a lot of time to really get the guys in there that have been able to get them to uh, last year's Super Bowl appearance, but. You know, we're talking about a team that went from a losing record to a Super Bowl appearance. And the kind of players that they were able to add don't, you know, I think the Chargers, I think the Chargers could be a team like that. Um, I know that, um, I know their head coach was getting a lot of, a lot of bad attention last year, um, you know, saying that he was too aggressive on his play calling and, and lost them a game sometimes. But, the way that I understood it was that was how the franchise decided they were going to run. That's how they were going to play uh, football. And um, it won them some games. It got them into the playoffs, if I'm not wrong. Um, it's a young core of a group and definitely a team to look out for this upcoming season. Um, I'm excited to watch the Chargers um, develop and just, just create, just keep going. I am too. Yeah. I just, to me, it's just, it's, it's ultimately waiting um, because the pressure really isn't on Herbert. Like Herbert's uh, been performing. He's performing. Yeah. And he's doing what he's asked of him um, at a very high level. Uh, it comes down to the coach uh, and, you know, if he can make those right calls of when to go forward or, you know, keep doing what he's doing, we'll just have to wait and see. He's obviously argue. I, I don't think it's even an argument. Uh, the toughest division in football uh, next year. So, they're going to have their work cut out for them. We'll just have to wait and see how the Chargers and Justin Herbert respond. Getting to the top two. Now, this might be somewhat controversial for some. I, I could be talked off um, either position, but what I'm going to go with is at number two, I got Joe Burrow, and at number one, I have Josh Allen. Joe Burrow last year uh, completed 70% of his passes for 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions 4600 yards josh allen 63 percent of his passes 4400 yards 36 touchdowns 15 interceptions 
So, and then obviously remember what happened in the playoffs. Josh Allen uh, defeated the New England Patriots before the infamous coin toss game that allowed Patrick Mahomes to advance to the AFC Championship game. Joe Burrow took the Cincinnati Bengals, who were last in their division the year prior, all the way and, you know, on a safe to say an unexpected ride to the Super Bowl where they it's ultimately safe fell, to say. Yeah, where they ultimately fell short to the Los Angeles Rams in last year's Super Bowl. I here's the thing with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Burrow, you know, a lot of respect for he's gonna be a force in this league for years to come. And you know, his swagger, his moxie, his leadership, everything, like his intangibles are off the charts. And I do think he has every right to claim that he's the best guy in the last five years and that he is a top five guy and this, that, or the other. Um, the thing with it is, is that we only have that one year sample size. And I understand that he's only been in the league for two years, but again, this is just framing within the question, right? Like this isn't just everything. This is just what they are right now. And based on what I've seen in one year, you know, he left the year, uh, Injured early uh, with that ACL injury, he then bounced back in a truly remarkable fashion um, and, you know, led his team to the Super Bowl. I'm going to be very interested to see how he responds because similarly, as we mentioned with Lamar Jackson earlier, Lamar won MVP. He didn't carry his team to the Super Bowl, but he got him to the playoffs. He looked great and everything and then kind of took a step back a little bit. It's, you know, one thing about, you know, being great and being a great quarterback, being great in anything, it's not about how great you can be on any given day. It's how great you can stay for a long period of time. I have no reason to believe Joe Burrow won't be great for a long period of time. I just, again, I just haven't seen it yet. So you're asking me to bet on something that I haven't seen. And Josh Allen, to me, uh, in terms of physical gifts, arguably has the strongest arm in the NFL. He can run dudes over. He is very mobile outside the pocket. Um, Buffalo seems to get, or he seems to get better with Buffalo every single year. He's obviously made an AFC championship game. He got deep in the playoffs last year. Could have made two if it not been for maybe a coin toss going a certain way or the other. Um, I just, to me, Josh, Josh has really solidified himself as one of the top guys in this game. Now I'm going to be very interested to see without Brian Dayball, how, you know, that Buffalo offense looks. I mean, he still has Stephon Diggs. Gabriel Davis really kind of took an emergence last year. Um, and we'll see just kind of how they build up because I think the betting odds has Buffalo as like the Super Bowl favorite this year. So we'll see how he deals with that pressure. We'll see um, how that him and that whole team reacts. And again, if you want to argue Burrow as the number one guy here after what he did, totally understand it but for me personally i'm going to bet on the known quality versus the unknown and josh allen to me at this point just because i mean he, again he's played two more years than burrow he's a more known quality at this point so i'll agree with you to a point um one thing i will say is i'm gonna pull a jalen ramsey here i'm gonna go one a one b here um so cheating the game a little bit but all right yeah so you kind of mentioned Joe Burrow, you know, as far as um, I think you called it unknown quality kind of thing, um, only baking it off of one year. Well, the thing is, is that he actually was playing really good um, in his um, – was it his sophomore year his campaign? Was it, was it or was it was it his rookie year that he tore his ACL? Yeah, he's only played okay. two years. Yeah, yeah so – well, that's just incredible. Yeah, so um, it was actually uh, mid-season when he tore his ACL, and he was yeah. just getting hot. Um, he was turning it on. He was finding his players, um, and 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 the Bengals were getting it going. Um, but uh, he was finding and he was finding his rhythm. But he tore his ACL. Um, it could have been. Completely understandable for him to go through rehab and come back nowhere near as strong. Um, but instead, he comes back even stronger and better and faster and more intelligent and leads his team to his team, which I will put um, emphasis on a team that has not been in relevancy really in, in the NFL in quite some time. Um, but I mean, he really he, has Buffalo to be fair before Josh Allen got there. Yeah. And, and that leads me to my other point is Josh Allen 
you could argue is that has been the same. Um, I will say I, I edged Josh Allen out a little bit more than Joe Burrow just because of his weapons. Uh, he does have more weapons than Stefan Diggs. Uh, I don't think they have Cole Beasley anymore. Um, what? What? Joe Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Last year, C.J. Uzama, who was a pretty athletic tight. Joe Mixon out the backfield. You're saying Josh Allen has more weapons? You So, mm, dang. Yeah. Okay. Now that you mentioned that, you're probably right. I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. That's so I'm going to stick with my 1A, 1B, just so that way nobody, so okay. that way nobody can get on my head about it. But I mean, I mean, in all honesty, we're talking about two stud of quarterbacks that are right. young right. and honestly have the hearts of, of, of their, of their team and of that city. I mean, mm-hmm. Buffalo loves Josh Allen and embraces Josh Allen just as Cincinnati loves and embraces Joe Burrow. Obviously, you know, being an Ohio kid, mm-hmm. um, I think that the ceiling for both of those guys is infinite. Um, obviously, we talked about the AFC being completely stacked, especially uh, uh, coming next year. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this uh, folds out. But as far as having Josh Allen one on your list, um, I think I'm gonna agree with you. Um, but it's it's not by a long shot. It it really isn't. I mean, Joe, what Joe Burrow has done just simply, I just I can't even like coming in your rookie year as a first overall pick. There's been so many players who have been first overall pick duds, right. and comes in first overall pick a lot of people had questions he had one of if not the best college season in football history in college football history um but some people are saying hey maybe this guy's a one-year wonder kind of thing you know he came from ohio state coming in go to lsu blah blah blah. Um, goes number one overall comes to cincinnati starts getting his feet wet gets to know everything tears his acl everybody gets worried comes back and literally leads his team to the Super Bowl. Um, it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about the Dan Marino curse or whatever it may be. I have faith in this team. I mean, you just listen to some weapons that are just indispensable. Like they just, and, and this team is young. So, yeah, I mean, we have Josh Allen and, and then Joe Burrow here, but come next year, this list could be this this one and two could be flipped. It could. Hey, listen, I'm not ruling out three, four, or five either. For the record, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. True, yeah. Um, yeah. I you you killed it on this. I know you found this on Bleach Report, but the way you broke it down, you killed it. Well, listen, I do like to take my time, and the NFL is obviously my favorite sport. But hey, listen, it's it's what I do. I love lists. Um, I love breaking it down. I love the discussions. The reason I do them. Um. One quick thing, because I know you brought it up, so Burrow that was looking impressive his rookie year. So he did play 10 games before he got the injured. I think he was injured in the 10th game, so we'll call it nine. He was 13 touchdowns to five interceptions. So maybe finding his groove towards the end of that. Um, again, I wouldn't call those top five numbers per se. No. But um, they did receive the fourth easiest – or they, they received the easiest schedule in their division – because they were the fourth place team with the NFL, obviously like based on where you finish in your division is the toughest uh, rank or the, the rank of teams that you play, like first place teams play other first place teams, second, second, third, third, and the Bengals were fourth. So they played kind of an easier schedule throughout the regular season. Not saying that Burrow and them can't do it again, but I just, again, it's an unknown quality. Um, They showed a lot and they showed a lot of promise Again, I'm just going to go slightly Josh Allen, but as you said, could very well change by the end of next year. So, just have to wait and see. Moving on into Colin's corner, unless you want to add anything, Kevin. Um, I guess I, if I if I did have to add anything, it would be um, if you had a guy that you would throw in um, – that you that you would have to throw in that could be in this list next year, you know whether we're talking about a revamp Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence or we're talking about a 
star-studded New York Jets with Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. who who's a guy you think could creep in and, and find themselves in this top five? Wow. Okay. Um, so I don't think it's going to be any of these guys from this past draft class. Can, respect to Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, all those guys. Um, so I don't think it's going to be them. I don't think, and I'm trying to go through the draft class in my head. I don't think, I think we already know Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. I don't think they're going to be in that discussion. Kyler was kind of the one guy from his draft class in 2019. And 2020, respect to Tua, but I don't think you're that guy either. So it really comes down to the 21 draft class for me. And I think you nailed it. I think um, personally for me, I was a fan of Trevor Lawrence coming out. Now, he, I think last year is kind of like a write-off year, like what he had to deal with in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and that whole mess over there. So this could be his de facto rookie season. So we may not be quite in the discussion yet with Kyler and Lamar and all these other stuff yet. I do think he'll be improved. But if you're asking me, then, okay, out of the other four, I wouldn't go Mac Jones because I think that he might take a slight step back this year with no Josh McDaniels as his OC is going to get a new offensive coordinator. Um, Usually for guys in the league, like that go from offensive coordinator you know, from year one to year two, usually struggle. I don't think Zach Wilson, respect to Zach Attack. Uh, I just, you know, I got to see it first. Um, I got to see him stay healthy and I got to see him see something on the field. I understand he's got arm talent. He's, you know, whatever, but I don't think it's him. To me, it comes down to either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And if you're asking me to pick out of those two, I don't think Chicago's quite surrounded fields with the talent that he needs to, t- to take that explosion. So I'm going to go, if I had to pick somebody, I would go with Trey Lance. Although I don't know if he'll quite get into that conversation. I think to me, he has the best odds given Kyle Shanahan, given Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, that whole crew. Um, I think he's got the best chance to potentially make that leap. Although, you know, to be mentioned, the same guys as Kyler Murray, Lamar, Justin Herbert, Burrow, Allen, it's no easy stretch by any means, but I think Trey Lance has the best um, odds of doing it out of any of those guys. Did a wonderful job. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. Um, but I'll let you continue on with your, with your corner. Cool. All right. Um, just, again, kind of two quick topics here, and then we'll get over to the kickback. But uh, I just wanted to point out LeBron – once a team in Vegas, uh, the NBA has talked about potentially expanding, adding two teams in, whether it's like Kansas City, Seattle's been mentioned, Las Vegas and everything. LeBron wants to own a team um, in Vegas. Now, I just wanted to bring this up because I don't think they're going to move a team. I don't think a team's going to relocate. But I wanted to bring this up because of the uh, things that Anthony's brought up with minority owners in pro sports and how cool this is for LeBron that he is doing this, that he's potentially, you know, becoming an owner. He obviously became the first active player, <coughs> excuse me, to be worth a billion dollars while still playing. And I think it's a tr- tremendous accomplishment. My question to you, Kevin, is who would you want to see potentially be with LeBron in an ownership group for an expansion team in Las Vegas? That's a really good question. Um, I think I say this a lot, but you know, this is the first year or, or first, um, or, 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 or first few, uh, year or so that I've really paid attention to all aspects of sports, uh, as far as owners, just different, all these different things. Now I'm not saying I know all 32 owners in the NFL. I'm not saying I know all 30 owners in the NBA or anything like that. I'm just saying, I know some that have had headlines. Unfortunately, it's just, some that shouldn't own teams um but um you know just speaking on um Snyder but whatever um I think you know as much as as a LeBron critic that I can be um I do think that you know I mean I'll I'll talk on this a little bit Uh, I don't know if you've seen it I know you're not a big uh, tv or movie guy but uh, the new movie Hustle came out on Netflix with Adam Sandler. Uh, oh, LeBron James. Yeah, Sorry. LeBron. 
yeah, LeBron James uh, was a, I believe, a co-director or an executive producer on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen him dabble in things like this of not necessarily ownership, but just expanding, I guess, and in business ventures. Um, he has the uh, the I Promise School, um, and I, I believe he has a podcast of some sort. Um, and and he 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 dabbles in other things. Uh, he's done movies, you know, Space Jam too, for you know whoever likes that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> to have a team in Vegas would be huge for the NFL. Um, James Harden couldn't play um, for that team. But in all seriousness, um, is he saying he want? I because I, I I didn't see it. I, oh. I heard that he that there that I heard LeBron in Vegas. I didn't hear if he wants a team that he owns in Vegas or he just wants a team to be in Vegas. So it was a preview for the shop. It was like a teaser clip, um, and. LeBron James was seen in the clip saying, I want to own a team. I want to buy a team for sure. I want a team in Vegas. Now, the thing that brings Las Vegas into the thing where, uh, because Adam Silver has talked about expanding uh, pro sports into Las Vegas and the NBA. Um, and I've, I've mentioned on the show, I think Las Vegas is a great sports oh, yeah. town to add into. Uh, the Raiders have obviously been really successful there. The Golden Knights have been really successful. Las Vegas Aces for the WNBA um really successful as well i think it should be a great sports town in general um and i think the nba should add a team in las vegas um so with that being said and everything uh i think it would be really cool if lebron was majority owner or partial owner or however you know those work um and everything to me i'm gonna throw out a name here and selfishly because I, I think he just would be like in terms of just being able to get creative and really haven't put his impact on the team um, along with LeBron. Uh, I'm going to throw out Phil Knight, the uh, I think it's the CEO of Nike. To me personally, wouldn't mind if he is the new owner of say a team in the Pacific Northwest that I root for, but that's separate discussion for another day. Uh, to me, I just think with his creative uh, mind at Nike and, um, you know, being able to really design like a new team and everything and really be having his hands-on approach to it to design uh, everything. Because ultimately, like when you make a new team and everything, you want to try to not only get the support from your local fans, which you're going to get anyway. You want to really bring in those fans that, oh, wow, this is a new team. It's owned by LeBron James. Well, I mean, hey, does it look good? Like, what's the logo looking like? Because we've had some good logos that have come out and good team designs and jerseys and all that other stuff. And we've had some not good ones. Um, Infamous, remember, New Orleans Pelicans mascot that terrorized little kids however long ago. Uh, Still can't believe they came out with that. Um, And then we've had some other logos that have looked, you know, pretty good and that they actually look like they really did a good job. To me, Phil Knight has a creative foresight to really have his impact and to really bring more fans to Vegas, a potential Vegas franchise. Um, in terms of other minority owners, though, wouldn't mind if Serena Williams got into it. I think Serena oh, yeah. would be a really good one. Um, and really just anybody that wants to invest. I think Tiger also, too. Like, really just make it like an athlete-studded ownership group. I think would be a really cool um, – way to go if you're Las Vegas now obviously there's way more complications than that it's not even for sure if LeBron's going to do it but um or when this Vegas team's even going to come to exist if it ever does but I just you know it's a cool concept to talk about um LeBron obviously you know he wants to play in the NBA and play a season with his son Bronny and I think he'll probably retire after that but it's just cool just to kind of project into the future about you know what could potentially happen so yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna throw any hats in the, in the Rangers because I'm not familiar with names uh, as far as ownership and all that goes. But I do, I do like your idea of an athlete-studded like ownership or just a uh, a full minority ownership of, of a Vegas team. I think that would be great for the NBA. It'd be great for sports in general. Um, but I think, I think Phil Knight. Um, who, who you threw out there. I think that's a, it's a good one. I know. And, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't think about that. Um, that'd be a good one though. I, I like that. Um, 
I mean, if you know, I mean, if, I, he wants, if he wants to own a team in Vegas or, like I said, maybe a team in Seattle, who knows, you know, whatever you want to choose, you know. He's already hey, hashtag, hey, hashtag bring back the Supersonics, okay? That's bring awesome. back the Supersonics. Everybody <laughs> wants it. Yeah, exactly. It'll happen. It'll, it might be on your deathbed, but it'll happen. If it happens, I'll be happy. Um, just know that for sure. Um, but yeah. Should, I do have a question. If they bring back Supersonics, do they retire 35? I don't – because the thing is, so they moved. I think Durant played – I think it was two seasons in Seattle before they moved to Oklahoma City. And he's obviously a great player, did a lot. There's some people that don't even consider Oklahoma City and the Supersonics the same franchise, even though they – I mean, unfortunately, their history is co-aligned with each other. There's a weird – there's a beef between them because, you know, Seattle feels like Oklahoma City stole their team and the Thunder – fans were like well you know we were here so it's kind of like a weird dynamic between those fans so that might not receive the best reception per se but I, listen i wouldn't be opposed to it um it just would kind of feel weird though just because he's only he did only play those two years uh his first two years in the league but if they wanted to do it not sure okay I, I again it just would be kind of a little anticlimactic too especially since he would be playing in um uh, he'd be playing at Brooklyn potentially when this would happen. So very interesting though. Very interesting. Cause I mean, who knows, maybe he's Kevin Durant's part of the ownership group that brings a team to Seattle. Who knows? I don't know. That'd be, that'd be kind of ironic on Honestly, That would be, that would be pretty ironic. Um, but yeah, I moving on. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh man. Him and, him and Steve Cohen going at it. Owners on Twitter. Oh yeah. Oh man. But what a moving, on, moving on to the final bit of Cohen's Corner. We got to end it with a feel good. And this one, again, this happened a little bit ago, but I needed to bring it to the attention because I wanted to talk about it. John Madden, named as the Madden 23 cover figure. It is his first time on the cover of uh, his namesake since 2000. Uh, the game has been released annually since the 1990s uh, inaugural John Madden football um, he did pass away this past December. Um, there was a quote by game executive producer, Sean Grady. I apologize if I mispronounced his name. Uh, we were thinking about this year's game and who was going to be on it. And it almost became an obvious answer. I say that because we really wanted to celebrate coach in the product this year and what he's meant for the 30 plus years. We've been using his name in our game. Uh, Madden's image was on each version of the game between 1990 and 2000 before he became appearing in the small box, the next four editions alongside the player. Um, listen, I don't, Kevin, we've talked about this, I think on the podcast, we've, I grew up playing this game uh, on the PS2, um, you know, and then moving over, I think to PS3 and then the Xbox. And I still have the latest version on the Xbox that I have currently today. Um John Madden created Madden in order to make the game more understandable to the casual fan uh, and teach people about the game of football and his impact, not only as a coach, but as a broadcaster and as a video game icon, it's safe to say, um, will forever be immortalized with this game. I want to get a hard copy of this game because of how just, you know, sentimental this has, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, sentimental this uh this man and this game has had all my life and i just wanted to talk about it because i think it's a really dope thing i mean it, it, it was an obvious answer i think it's really correct to say it but even the obvious answer sometimes is just the right answer and i i really appreciate that madden did this and i can't wait for this game to come out so that uh yeah i'll be able to play it and john madden's gonna be on the cover and I yeah um I when I saw him pass, I um, I was starstruck. Um, it it made me sad um, when you lose somebody like that that had such an impact on so many people um, in such a big business that football is in three different aspects. You know, talking about coaching, broadcasting, and and then the video game aspect. I mean. And, and and the Madden, the All Madden documentary actually came out just a few weeks before before his passing, and 
um Colin, like I said, I know you're not a big big uh, movie or, or TV guy, but have you seen the All Madden oh, documentary? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was nothing short of spectacular and amazing. Um, it was just, especially for somebody like me, somebody who didn't live through to live in that moment to see Madden coaching and and him doing the broadcasting and the, and just kind of seeing it hindsight twenty twenty like how how things are and all the impacts and everything he did that still has effect and has evolved to what we have today um because um it's just are you good yeah i think my headphones died that's what happens when you're running at 3 a.m i guess I just want to make sure you like stop there for a second. No, uh, I, I apologize, but uh, but no, um, I mean it, it's it's fantastic, it's awesome. When I got the news that he passed, I was so upset. Um, I messaged my dad. I called my dad. Even my mom, who follows no sports whatsoever, knew who John Madden was. Um, and and like I said, the documentary was fantastic. If you have not watched that, um, to listeners, please go watch it. It's amazing. You'll learn just how much of an impact he had on, on the game and, and just people in general. Um, but I basically said, whenever that happened, if, if Madden doesn't put Madden on the cover, I'm not playing. I'm, I'm going to boycott and I will not play. Um, so like you said, obvious answer sometimes isn't, isn't always done. So I'm very glad that they did this. And I love that they did three different aspects of it. Um, I love that they redid the one from the very first Madden where he's punching through the wall. Um, and then I love the one where he's, he's riding on the, uh, on the screen, like he's, he's known to do. Um, and then he's carried, I, I believe the third one, he's being carried on, on the, on the uh, backs of his, of his team. Um, it's just, uh, man, yeah, I mean, he's just an icon. I mean, it doesn't even – icon doesn't even begin to describe it because, yes. I mean, we're talking about a man who, who, who literally created a team that was called the All Madden team. We're talking about somebody who created something that meant more to players than being an all-star. I mean – yeah 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 i'm always gonna do that i'm i always i do that every single time but yeah being a, a pro bowler um people wanted to be on the all madden team um and oh man so it, i mean wow it's just i'll tell you this much I have, I have PS5. Anytime I get a game, I'm always buying it digital because I'm not going to go through the hassle to buy it in store. I'm telling you right now, if I had the funds, I'd buy all three in person. Um, but I'm going to buy the one that I like the most in cover. And um, I'm going to buy it and um, that's going to be saved. Um, I'm going to find a way to put it in frame or, or something, but uh, it's just, it's too incredible not to right. save, you know, it, it like, it would be a disjustice or it would be an injustice for me to buy it digital. Um, it's just, I need that in hand, kind of like you were saying, um, but it, it, it's, it's a, it's a really great, it's a really great thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You nailed it, Kevin. Uh, just the impact that he had across the world, um, across, you know, football fans alike will never be forgotten. And I'm really glad that Madden did this. Shout out to EA Sports. Um, shout out to them for making this happen. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be a little little nostalgic moment for me. I'm going to shed a tear a little bit um, when, I'm, when that game loads up. And I'm sure they're going to have something in the opening intro. Um, yeah, that's going to be good. I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's – dude, it's – can't wait. And, um, yeah – Thank you, John Madden. You know, may you rest in peace uh, for all that you did. But yeah, that's going to be my feel-good story for this episode. Okay. Good one. 
It's a really so, good one. Okay, so this transition, I gotta. We're we're about to kick it back, Kevin. It is <laughs> it is early in the morning. And it's we're... about as kicked back as it can get. It's pretty much and three gonna... o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we're gonna um, keep kicking it over to Kevin's kickback. Kevin, my friend, please take it away. There you go. So, uh, like I said, it's three o'clock in the morning. I had coffee. So I actually still have some thoughts roaming. I have a few brain cells still working, not many. Um, I'm a little afraid that I'm not going to be able to sleep and that ultimately just going to be pulling an all-nighter, which is not good because I have two stories to write tomorrow. And then I have work to go. uh, And then I have work. I have to close for work at four o'clock in the afternoon. So um, I shouldn't. but I might. It's a little scary. But um, yeah, let's let's kick it back. So, Colin, I know that you had a lot of joy in talking about the fantasy football um, conflict that was in baseball, how mm-hmm. football found its way into baseball. There has actually been more come out on this whole thing. Uh, Mike Trout was in an interview, an in-game interview, and he basically was telling the the guys that was interviewing him, like, um, it's become a hot commodity. Everybody wants in the league, um, and that it's it's, it's a fun league. It's a legendary league, but he's going to need to be a new commissioner. Um, And then... (laughs) And then you see Jock Peterson um, and I think a few other uh, Giants players were walking around in this as well. Uh, but basically saying uh, that putting uh, putting your player on IR is, is not uh, is not cheating. Yep. Um, to which Tommy Pham um, commented on Twitter um, with, you know, some not so nice things. Um but um, let me just. Oh, yeah. he, you got to get Tommy so, Pham quotes. <laughs> yeah, so Tom. So what happened? So uh, Phil Yates put out. Um, so the Giants um showed up to their games uh to their game with shirts that read, uh, "Fantasy Football One on One: Stashing Players on the IR is not cheating." Um, and then to which Tommy Pham um, commented on and quote saying, they really played themselves because now all I have to do is release the IR rules in the league and they text how I told Jock I was going to pimp slap him for cheating. So I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, this whole uh, fantasy football thing has is not over. Um, we might see another pimp slap on the field, which for the content of baseball is great. Right. Some others would uh, disagree with that, to which I say, I don't care. I want to <laughs> see it. Um, and I think that we need We need, we need to keep this fantasy football league going, and we need insider tips. We need to know everything that is going on, who is getting pissed off the most, who is getting accused to be pimp slapped, and who's, who's the worst fantasy football player in the MLB. We need to know these things. I would like to know these things. The people want to know these things. So, Mike Trout, I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart, please tell us. Please leak this information. Um, but staying on the topic of baseball, one thing I've noticed this year more, I, I think more than other years, um, it, and, and Colin, you can kind of talk on this too, if, if you've seen it, I've noticed a lot of position players, um, have been, have been pitching, um, you know, obviously they're in typical 10 or, you know, six point. Uh, deficits in eighth, ninth inning games. So it's not like they're, you know, the game's on the line or anything, but just a lot of position players pitching. Um, we've seen Albert Pujols do it in what could be his last year. 
Um, uh, we also saw, um, uh, um, who plays with Pujols on the Cardinals? Is it, I don't want to, uh, I think it's Molina, right? Is it Yachty? I think it's Yachty. Yachty or Molina? Yeah, Yachty or, I think it is. Listeners, don't be mad at us. It's three o'clock in the morning. Okay. We're just trying our best here. Okay. We're just two fools trying to run a show. Okay. We don't even have our full strength. So, um, but yeah um just but i've all but 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 another thing i've noticed is it every time a position player goes up there they just absolutely get pimped on and just get a home run smacked on them um i know i saw it was either yesterday or sunday that a position player went on the mound and pitched the slowest pitch in mlb history at 35 miles an hour and got absolutely rocketed out of like like into the crowd um it's just it's just interesting, I guess. Um, I want to know why there's so many blowouts that a pitcher that a position player has to come in. Um, but I think it's also kind of fun. It's kind of fun, kind of funny, kind of thing because like if you're a position player, you don't really care what your ERA is. If you're a second baseman, you don't care what your ERA is. Okay, it's not going to determine your Hall of Fame eligibility, um, especially if you're somebody with the status of Albert Pujols. Um, but I just thought it was interesting and something that I noticed. So I wanted to talk about that. Um, and then I guess for the last thing I want to talk about before we head out of here is um, to the Foolies. Um, we have been working on some merch and different things. Um, I made some hats. I've been selling them to some close friends. Uh, but what I've actually been, been talking to some people, some older adults that have some marketing experience and business experience. Um, but maybe I could be starting to work on a website for people to buy stuff from, uh, we'll probably start with things that are a little cheaper just cause we are college students and we are all on budgets and credit debt. Um, so we'll probably be doing things like maybe wristbands and stickers and keychains and just different things like that, uh, different collectibles. So if that's something y'all would be interested in, or if y'all have any suggestions, as always reach out to us. Um, at Fools on Stools on Twitter, at Fools on Stools on Instagram. Let us know what y'all think. Comment, let us know. Um, and, um, you know, we'll see what we can do. We're trying to become legit. We're trying to, uh, you know, we're, ch- we're trying to spread the love and and, uh, and, and, and and get everybody to be a fully and, and merchandise is, is a great way to do that. So, um, but Colin, I mean, do you have any ideas as far as merchandise goes? So, like, is this just going to be one of those things where I let you talk through my corner and I don't get to say anything for Kevin's kickback towards the end? Dude, I'm you just trying to get out of here. Respect, respectfully, I'm just trying to get out of here, man. Look, okay, I got to – first of all, I'm going to address each of your points and I'm going to end with the merch. So, first okay. thing on the Trout thing. Trout said that every commissioner I've met – uh, I know has gotten booed or hated 100% co-signed with that being a fantasy yep. commissioner self. Uh, I thought it was very funny. Um, in terms of Tommy fam, man, just Tommy family needs to shut the, you know, what up? Like he's, <laughs> he just, he keeps consistently making himself look worse and he just has no, like he's tone deaf. Like he just doesn't understand like how, but, but you gotta, him. but you gotta agree with me on the fact that it makes this aspect of baseball better. Well, no, is it entertaining? Sure. I'm saying from Tommy Pham's perspective, he looks. I don't know who his agent is or who is close to him, but, like, you need to sit down. Like, Tommy, bro, what are you doing, man? Like, (laughs) I understand. You know how how Andy Reid, you know how Andy Reid told Patrick Mahomes he had to stop playing basketball, stop playing rec basketball? His agent's about to tell him, hey, man, you're about to have to cut it out on the fantasy football. Something. And, uh, look, it's just – I thought it was funny. Um, I'm uh, <laughs> I just, it's just that whole situation. The fact that it's still going on, it's like, all right, look, it's entertaining, but like someone needs to talk to Tommy. Um, in terms of position players, to me, it's very similar to like what the NBA does whenever they sign guys to 10 day contracts and put them in the starting lineup. Uh, I know Portland did it a lot last year, Oklahoma city, some of these guys at the bottom end when they're trying to just tank and stuff. Like, teams are sitting there thinking, like, okay, they're not necessarily tanking, but there's no point in wasting guys that were invested into the future 
um, trying to throw their arms out in June. Like, you might as well just sit there. Okay, we're down eight runs, and it's the ninth inning, and I, we really don't want to bring, like, a, you know, reliever or a closer – reliever – reliever or closer um, in the spot when there's no point. Like, we might as well just throw whomever out there just to try, just try to get the outs and get the game over. Um It'll be very interesting to see if baseball does anything. I don't really think there's anything they can do because ultimately it's it's a smart strategy. They're just sitting there saying, hey, listen, we're not going to let you guys um, go through our our pitchers and everything so that we don't have any for the next game. So we'll just throw in our second baseman or our left fielder, whomever. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun moment. The, the crowd gets to laugh. Hopefully it's not the home supporters. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting um, tactic and yeah, it's provides some funny moments to say the least, but yeah, in terms of them getting uh, what is it? Nuked or whatever term you use, Kevin. Yeah. They're not pitchers and they're trying to go up against major league batters. Like what do you expect them to do? Um, <laughs> like regular pitchers get freaking nuked on by Aaron judge or any of these other guys that are hitting home runs. Like what makes you think a second baseman's going to do anything? So I'm, I'm you know, it's funny. It's at uh, got a nice feel to it. Um, in terms of merch, uh, Kevin, I'd like to actually like have some merch that I get to show off. I mean, I do have my Fools on Stools cup that we have here, personally. Well, look, if you didn't have such a giant head, I hey, would man. give you the hat, okay? Hey, man. <laughs> like you said, Kevin was there. He's like, man, we're really getting these hats. I was like, all right. He's like, well, you're going to wear it. And I was like, well, is it going to fit me? And he just, he's like, oh, I'm sure it'll fit you. It's, it's got the, the stretch thing. You can do it. I'm like, those won't fit. And he's like, oh, I'm sure it will. I'm like, no, it will not. Because I've got like hats behind me that the listeners can't see. But like, there are some of the few hats that actually fit my big, you know, what head. So give me some merch that I can actually show off and wear and show support to the, the podcast on. That's I think I was given the idea. I was given the idea for bracelets. Okay. Um, I I really like the idea of a bracelet. To be honest, I think bracelets would be really fun. I think bracelets are fun. Everybody wears bracelets to some degree, so I think that would be a really fun way to to explore. Because you know, shirts, jackets, and stuff like that—they're really expensive, and we don't have any profits on the show, so. We'll look into little smaller things first, and then we'll just kind of progress and see where we go from there. And just also some modifications we can do with the design. Um, but, you know, just different things. We'll see how things go. And also just opening up a shop and a website. Just You know, we, we need to do things like that. Um, but, yeah, is that all you is that all you have to comment on my uh, on my kickback? Yeah, I think uh, the fact that we made it this long, I think we're. We're, we're you know, about ready. You know, a round of applause to ourselves. Okay, we 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 deserve this. We deserve this. Um, we don't deserve you know this as for staying up super late, but we deserve. We deserve the. Uh, we'll give ourselves the flowers because we know no one else will. We'll give ourselves the flowers because it, it's it's tough. It's tough, you know, talking sports till three twenty in the morning. Um, but um you know regardless that is gonna wrap it up for episode 29 wow even with the long hiatus and we're split episode 29 thank you so much for listening all the way through be sure to follow us on twitter instagram spotify and apple podcast so you don't ever miss an episode or an update um, we'll hope you all have a great day, night, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening. We hope you're having a wonderful time. Uh, don't forget to come back for the next episode. Um, I mean, it's going to be a big one, isn't it, Colin? It's going to be one that you're going to want to tune into, I think. History. It's going to be It's going to be history. Right? Like, where I look back on it and be like, wow, episode 30, man. That's going to be when blank happened. Uh, But for now, as always, don't ever forget, grab a stool and be a fool. Peace. Peace.